it seems every time I'm, I'm preaching in church, it's a different venue. First it was there in uh, Valley Park and then just around the corner and now here. So I wonder uh, what's next or <laughs> where to next. Um, the following sermon illustration will tell us where to go to. This thing. So it's not, it's not Acts, right? Uh, so maybe some of you know already. You can open your Bibles at 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, it's just after 1 Kings. And um, just before 3 Kings. If you struggle to find that, maybe it's because it's a South African thing. It's two, two kings. Go to two kings. <laughs> Alright. So 2 Kings chapter 6. And we're going to read there from verse 1. It says there, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and he took it. So for the next few minutes, about, I only bought a 15-minute bundle this morning, so my English, maybe at 15 minutes uh, we're going to stop. Uh, I want to preach to you a sermon called, What Axes Need. What an axe need. Now maybe perhaps today you can relate yourself to this axe or to this person, this, this man that lost his axe head. And maybe you've lost your zeal walking with God and you actually need to restore it. You need to get it back. And maybe you are in that position this morning. But before we carry on, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity again to preach your word. We know your word is alive, Lord, and it is sharp, Lord, and it can, it can go into our hearts deeper than anything else. We want to ask that you will please that that be the case this morning, Lord, and really prick our hearts, show us exactly where we can get closer to you, where we can get our walk with you restored, Lord, and may we really step outside of this building this morning better than we can, Lord. We ask in your name alone. Amen. So, as you know, we read here about Eli Elisha. Now, Elijah obviously trained Elisha, and um, now Elisha was training other prophets or other people to maybe become prophets as well. Both of them had their ministry in the northern um, part of Israel, the northern kingdom. And we know, just reading First and Second Kings and Chronicles and so, that all of the kings, in, or not all of the kings, but a lot of kings in, in that time had idolatry. They succeeded in idolatry, but it's interesting to know that the prophets multiplied. So where God wants to work, He can work, definitely. Now, there's a lot of... Uh, Miracles that Elijah performed. It, it depends on how you will count them. Some say 7, 8, 14. But the fact of the matter is, 
Elisha did double that, right? Just to name a few of them, you can go through the list uh, on your own, but he parted the waters of the Jordan River. He provided the widow's oil, Elisha. He resurrected the son of the Shimonite woman. He purified the, the poison uh, soup. He multiplied the loaves. He, he healed Nahum. And here we are with this one. He made the axe head swim. So I believe this scene of this, in this portion of scripture is near Jericho. And let's read again from verse 1. It says there, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha. Now these sons of the prophets were a group of young men that also wanted to, uh, to train or did train under Elisha and to maybe become prophets like I've mentioned already. And if we carry on, it says there in verse 1, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight, small. It means small, too small for us. You see, Elisha visited maybe all the places where he set up schools that uh, we read in, in 2 Kings 2. He set up schools and maybe he went about again, maybe to train them again or to further their education or maybe just to check up on them. And as, they, as he was visiting them, they appealed to him. They asked him, we need to make this dwelling place a bit bigger. We need to enlarge it. They told that the, that the facility that they are using is too small. They need to enlarge it. And that tells me something. When Christ is in you, you need to have that desire to actually enlarge your room for Christ. And maybe today you can ask yourself that question. Am I busy enlarging my faith? Am I busy enlarging my room for Christ within me? You see, it longs for enlargements. We need more room for Jesus. Maybe you were on the right track. Maybe you did everything correctly, or according to you correctly, and nothing was wrong. You did enlarge your faith. You did, maybe for the past five years or 20 years, or whatever the case may be, you did enlarge it. You did actively do your work and worked with Jesus, but something has happened. You've, you've lost your zeal, perhaps. Let's carry on in verse 2. It says, Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. That tells me something that before they even took the first step, that they had the plans, but they said, let us go. They wanted, wanted Elisha's approval. So whenever you are doing anything, you need God's approval. We need to ask God first, is this the right thing that you want me to do? And he needs to give you approval, just like these, these people uh, got the approval from Elijah. They would make no change without the approval of Elisha. The same with us. We are supposed to not make any steps before we are asking Jesus, please help us. Please guide us in the right direction. Jordan, the place that they are going to, their banks, their river banks, a lot of wood, as we can assume. That's why they are going there. Uh, because we know that the Jericho was uh, known as the city of, of palms in the Old Testament, right? Let's carry on in verse 2. It says, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there. You see, they wanted perhaps to make a dwelling place there at, at the riverbank. Maybe uh, it's a good spot that, so that they don't have to convey all the timber again to the place where they are. But this also tells me something that each one of them, let every man, you know, take thence every man a beam. Each one of us today can contribute to the building project, if I want to say it like that. 
can contribute, we need to have a personal share within this community of, of believers. Each one of us. Every man take a beam. And he answered and said, go ye. You see, Elisha didn't initiate the plan, but he most definitely approved that. So he, was, he, he wanted them to have their, his blessing upon it. Same with anything that we are tackling on. We need God's approval, like I've mentioned earlier. Let's carry on to verse 3. It says, And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. You see, we, we need Jesus' direction. We ask Jesus, which direction I'm, do I need to go? And you, we will find that in the Bible. We will find that in our prayer life. But that's not enough just to know where to go. You need to take him with you. And that is exactly what these, these people wanted. They said, go with thy servants. It was not merely just enough knowing, okay, we have his approval to go to Jordan. We want him to go with us. You see, not only do we need to know what God wants us to do, we need to take him with. Ask yourself this question whenever you, you, know, you want to know whether this is the correct place to go or not. Can you take Jesus with you? That's as simple as that. Whenever you can't take Jesus with you to that certain place that you want to go to, then that's not the place for you. It's not the place God wants you to be. He needs to go with you. Further on, we, le- we read in verse 3, and he answered, I will go. And I'm sure if you ask that question to Jesus, he will go with you. Obviously, if it's the right, right one. If he proved that direction, and you ask him, but please go with me, he will go with you. You see, up until now, from verse 1 to 3, everything seems perfect, nothing wrong. And maybe that is how your life up until now is also. Maybe not. But let's say everything went well, but something happened. That axe head did get lost. Something happened. And we will look at today, like I've mentioned, we will have a look at what that axe actually needs. So, so this is my first point. It brings me to my first point. The first thing that axes need is an axe need to work. If you read in verse 4 again, it says, So they went with them. So my first point under access need to work is the fact that you need to work with Jesus. You need to do the work of Jesus and you need to work with Jesus. We are laborers together with Christ, with God. That's what the Bible says. So we need to do the work of Jesus. We can only do the things that He is approving and where He is also welcome, if I can say it like that. If we carry on in that verse, it says... And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. So we're not allowed to, well, not allowed to, but we, we shouldn't waste time. They had this plan, we're going to go to Jordan, we're going to cut wood. They went to Jordan, and guess what? They cut wood. It's simple as that. If you have a plan, doing something for Jesus, you have that plan, and just do it. Exactly what they did. They didn't have any time wasting on their schedule. They just de- determined, that I'm going to do it. We're not supposed to waste time. If we go to work, you are supposed to not waste time there as well. The same with, with working for Jesus. It's not like in the mines. I remember my first time I went down underground. Uh, I thought, wow, okay, we're going to work. <laughs> and about five o'clock, I think we, we, go, we went down. And it was a long walk. I think at uh, six we arrived at the workshop. And I thought, okay, we're going to work from six until maybe two or three, and then we go back. We, we arrived, I, I think, at 6 there. We stayed there, just sat there for 
an hour. At 7 o'clock, we decided, okay, what are we going to do? And then at 8 o'clock, we actually started working just for two hours. Uh, at 10 o'clock, they start packing up because it's a long walk back uh, to, the, to the station. <laughs> so it's not supposed to be like that in our Christian walk, right? We, we are not allowed to, or not, we are not supposed to waste time just looking busy. And Acts must be active. I mean, just imagine uh, they went there to Jordan, and there's a lot of axes. Maybe some guy took all the axes there. Uh, maybe each one carried their own axe. But just imagine they want to cut wood. There is all the axes, and they just leave, leave a few axes there. It just lies there. An axe needs to be active. You need to be active this morning. We need to be active doing the work of Christ. But an axe can be used for other stuff as well. Use it for what it, you need to. You are a vessel for God, so use your own body for the work of Christ. Don't, don't use it, don't waste your energy and your time on something else. Like I said, an axe can be used for something else, but in this case, we're not going to use it for something else. We're going to use it for cutting wood. We need to do the right work. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to get across. Now, maybe you were, like I've mentioned earlier as well, Maybe you were busy doing the right work. You were busy using your axe, cutting the right wood, doing everything perfect. But it's hard. Anybody that, know, that have cut wood with an axe will tell you that it's hard. Um, the Christian walk with Christ is, is hard. It's not easy. Uh, obviously, there's easier ways. You, you can use a jigsaw, but that's not the idea. You need to uke. Uh, you need to uh, use the axe, right? You need to, it is a hard walk with Christ. It's not easy. It won't be easy. The Bible tells us that. You need to be workable. You see, they say they cut down wood. So you need to have the right tools. Obviously, in this case, being an axe. But our tools as Christians is we have the Bible, we have prayer, we have a communion of, of people, of fellow believers. We need to use that. Use the tools God gave you. And use it right. I mean, it's easy for us uh, to know which tools they are. Um, but obviously, you need to use it right. It needs to be in the right person's hand. I mean, give, a, give an axe to a child uh, in, in, in your house with nice flat screen TVs and stuff. It won't, uh, won't be nice, right? It needs to be in the right person's hand. And we know our lives should be in God's hand. You can't just swing the thing left and right. You need to have the right technique. We need to have the right technique following Christ, doing the work of Christ. And luckily there is ways that we can know what is the right technique. There's a lot of people around us that we can look up to that shows us how to walk the walk of Christ or with Christ. And we need to, we need to indulge in those, those uh, examples. Axes are made to go deep into the wood, right? Some people, just by the swing of two or three, they get very deep into the wood. Other people uh, uh, need a bit more time. But the fact, of, it, it remains. We need to get deep into the wood to actually cut it. We also need to get deep with Christ. And that is, the only way we can do it is to use it correctly and to walk with Christ in the right way. But this brings me to my second point. You've tried that, perhaps, this morning. You did swing your, your axe the right way, but you got weary. You got worn out. And now you don't have any more energy left. So access needs to work. First point. Second point. Access can get weary. 
or it can get worn, worn out or even wrecked. If you read there in verse 5, it says, But as one was filling a beam, maybe you are that one this morning. You see, there was a lot of workers in that forest that time, um, but only one is specifically mentioned here. That one, these acts got lost. Now maybe you are amongst all of these believers in, inside of this room this morning. Maybe you are that one. You are that one. And it's easy, it's difficult for us humans to, to focus in a group of people, to focus on one person, but not with God. He can focus on your situation this morning. This one was distressed and he was unfortunate. And maybe you are in that situation as well this morning. But this one actually called for divine power or divine help. And you are, if you are in that position this morning, you are also supposed to call for that divine help. It's just interesting to me, it's not to say it is like that, but if we read in verse 3, it says, And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with us. And then in verse 5, But as one was falling. The Bible is not clear on if it's the same one, but it's interesting. Maybe it's the same one. So he knew, I need Jesus with me. I need Elijah with me. Because if I have him with me, anything that can happen, any tragedy that can happen, he will be right with me. And that is the importance of having Jesus right with you throughout your journey. But we read on further, and it says there, the axe head fell into the water. So what, what was the reasons why it fell? Well, there's a lot of reasons that we can think of. Maybe it was the loss of focus, or just carelessness. Maybe he kept going without actually maintaining the, the axe. He just went on. And you know, bit by bit, that axe it slipped out, slipped out, slipped out, slipped out. And then all of a sudden, it just it was a total uh, damage, if you can say it like that. The same with our lives. Perhaps we had a walk with God, and sure, slowly but slowly, we, we went the other direction. And it didn't seem too important. We, we didn't get, we, we, wasn't, uh, we weren't uh, fixed on Jesus. We weren't fixed on um, his, his purpose for us. We weren't close to him. And it went off, went off, went off. And now we realize, oh well, I'm really gone. Everything is bad. So, yes, although the axe head fell immediately into the water, up until that point something happened, slowly but surely. And that is exactly, you don't just stand up the next morning and everything is, is bad. It, it, it's a process. Getting away from God is a process that you've done. And we need to fix that. You see, we were never tuned in with the Holy Spirit to actually notice that that friction between us and Him, that closeness of the wood, the handle, and the eye of that, of that uh, axe head, that friction needs to be there. The friction is the thing that, that keeps that head on. As soon as that friction is lost, the axe head will go. So our focus, our closeness with Christ is perhaps gone. Another thing that this tells me, or that this, uh, I think we can get a lesson from this, is the danger of loose things. Uh, luckily, somebody didn't get hurt. It was, it was uh, plausible for, that, for somebody to get hurt. I mean, an axe head against your head. I think that's not 
a nice thing. Never happened to me, but maybe some of you can, can relate. But you see, loose habits that we have, it's like loose clothes. It sits perfect. Everything is nice. But it's actually a danger to people around us. Or maybe this person, he worked too hard. Maybe you also, you work too hard. Not necessarily the bad stuff. You are just working, you are overworking yourself. Like this, this person perhaps. Maybe he had too much zeal. Now, let me just say this. It's better to have zeal than being lazy and sleepy on the job, right? But we know that God's carpenters sometimes have more strength than skill. So we need to get that balance. So if you worked yourself, you, you were too busy, or you've overworked yourself, you can get weary. That's just, that's just life. That's, that's how it is. And you can, get, you can lose your focus, or you can even get injured. And when, when you get injured, you don't have that sensitivity in your hands anymore to realize, wait a minute, this actually is not, it's not good anymore. I can feel there's a wiggle in the, in, the, in the head. And it doesn't matter what type of axe you have. Any axe, is, it can get weary. Any equipment can get weary. So it doesn't matter if you say, no, I'm, I'm built differently. You can get weary. You see, your edge is perhaps not sharp anymore. You never took the time to actually stop and see whether that axe head is still sharp enough. There's, you know, all, all of you, uh, I'm sure, know that saying that says, if you don't schedule time for maintenance, your equipment will schedule it for you. And that's how it is. So if you don't schedule that time, that resting time every, every day, connecting with God, asking Him, I need to sharp up on my, on my walk with you. One day, perhaps, He will say, okay, this is, this is it. Now I'm, I'm forcing you to actually spend time with me. We all know that story about the old man and the young man cutting down wood, where the old man actually, he was wise, he, he sharpened his axe, and he actually went on cutting more wood. I, I'm sure all of you know that, so we can apply that here as well. You see, the problem is, maybe this guy just worked on, and he swung that, uh, that axe every time, without realizing the nail inside of, this is not the right one, this is not the one that they've used, but the nail inside of the wood is not there anymore. Or the witch inside of the wood. You see, Jesus' blood, the nail inside of the wood, the nail inside of the wood is not there anymore. You don't, you don't have Jesus' blood on you anymore. You've decided, I'm going to try it on my own. And then you will see it will fail. Or maybe this person was using it wrong. Or he did it in the wrong, he cut the wrong wood. Maybe the, it wasn't supposed to be that specific tree that he needs to cut. You see, we are not using our tool correctly. Like I've mentioned earlier, we need training. We need perhaps people to show us how to manage our busy schedule, how to manage our um, marriage, how to manage our family, how to manage our work. And luckily we do have people. We do have the Bible, obviously, and we have people in this church or Anybody else that you know, walk closely with God that can actually help you. Just like this person need, knew he needed some help. Or maybe he did it for the wrong reasons. It can happen to get weary if you are working as a Christian, but you're doing it with the wrong intentions. You are doing it with the wrong reasons behind you. You see, you just want to look busy. 
I mean, it's easy to, in the forest to look busy with an axe. Maybe, maybe it's your case. You look busy. You, you've, you've done a lot of Christian things up until now, but it was just to show everybody that, listen, yeah, I'm, I'm also a Christian. I'm also busy with the work of God. But it was not the right, the, the right wood. It was not the right work that you are supposed to do. And then we've used all our power on the wrong wood. If you carry on in that verse, it says, and it fell into the water. So perhaps you think, okay, if it's in the water, we can't recover it. It's done. It's gone. You see, this is a significant loss. In that time, iron was present in Israel. But it was not so common that it's actually cheap. For us now, to, to buy axes is cheap, but not that time. So to lose an axe head was actually a great loss. Your walk with Christ is a great loss if you've lost that. You see, if, if that axe head maybe fell on the ground, I don't think that passage would have been in the Bible because he, the, the guy could have just picked it up himself and put it on and nothing, no big deal. But there's a reason why it fell in the water. You see, if it fell on the ground, he could have just picked it up. And So if your situation is in such a way that you can uh, save yourself, then... What's the point of needing Jesus then? What's the point in needing Elisha? Sometimes God lets things happen in such a way that only He can be the, uh, give the solution. You can try yourself, but it won't work. Maybe you think this morning it's impossible to get your old good Christian walk with Christ back. But it is possible. Or maybe you aren't even a Christian this morning. You, and you think your life is such a mess, it's there in the, in the river, it's, you can't pick it up again. But there is a solution. Your, sin, your, sin, uh, your life seems to be drowning in sin this morning perhaps. You see, the life is very busy. We are, we are working and living in a life that's really busy. And I get that. Uh, a lot of people's schedules are very, very busy. And I understand that. It's like that river flowing. It doesn't have time. That river doesn't, won't stop and say, oh, I saw you lost your axe. Okay, I'll stop for this moment. Come and get it. Like a swimming pool. Every, everything is uh, quite nicely. No, it keeps on. keeps on. And if you try to get it yourself, you will also drown. If you try to pick yourself up out of sin, you will drown even further in, into the sin. Now, does this mean we need to be perfect before God? Well, we know what basically to be perfect before God is just to it's not to never make a mistake. You will make mistakes. But we know the Bible says a just man standeth up again. So we need to be able to stand up again. Satan will tell you, will tell you there's no hope. That axe is in the, in the river. You can, you can leave it. Just, just forget about it. It's impossible to get at it back again. But we know there is hope. You see this guy, he cried. If we read on, it says, um, fell in the water and he cried. So this tells me it's serious. Like I've mentioned earlier. So don't think that your walk with God is, yeah, you, can, you think back and you think, okay, yes, I did have a good relationship with God, but I've lost it. But yeah, it's not that important. I still carry on. I'm, I'm still having a good relationship, relationship with my friends, my family. So I, I miss it, but it's not too important. No, it is important. This guy cried. And I hope that is also the case with you this morning, that you cry inside of yourself and knowing, but this, I work closer to God. In the, in the past, and I need to get back to him. One thing that's interesting is 
as soon as it fell into the water, this guy didn't blame shift. He didn't say, oh, yeah, this axe was, in, in, in any case, it was useless. It was uh, wrongly made, and the owner should have known not to give it to me and stuff. He didn't blame shift. We are also not supposed to blame shift our lack in our faith to Christ, saying, yeah, but is this circumstance and that circumstance? No. The only reason you are not close to God this morning is because of yourself. You can, it's only you. It's nobody else. Two other, th- other factors can play a role, yes. But you still, it's still your decision. Stand up every morning and decide, I'm going to follow Christ. You see, this guy, he actually stopped and recognized the, the problem he, he's, he's facing. His axe head is in the water. He didn't carry on. Imagine carrying on. The axe head is off, and you are carrying on with that little wood, and you just carry on. It, it, you will lose your, you, you will waste some time, right? He actually stopped, and we are supposed to stop as well. If, some, if anything is out of place, we are not supposed to stop. But a lot of us carry on. We just carry on. We've lost our axe head in the water, but we carry on. We think, oh, okay, oh, I, I can carry on. Uh, this, this piece of wood I have, I'll, I'll work with that. It won't, it won't work, right? We need to go to God. The Bible says in Psalms 34 verse 6, This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. We are, supposed, we are that poor man this morning. We are supposed to go to, to God and say, God, here I am. I'm, I'm crying. Please help me. Get my walk with you back again. If you carry on in that passage, it says, uh, And he cried and said, Alas, Master, so he called upon the right person. That tells me something. We need to seek the right persons in our lives. I've mentioned that earlier as well. Elisha was near him. And here's the thing. God is always near you. He's always somewhere. That's the mo- that is why it's so important to keep him near you. Maybe Elisha did see everything. He saw the whole, whole uh, situation playing off in front of him. The same with God. God knows exactly what you are going through. But he wants to hear it from us. He wants to know. We know he knows everything. And here's the thing. We are not supposed to hide it. Imagine that guy cutting and whoop, dead goes the exit and he looks around and he thought, okay, nobody saw me. So I'm just going to play it off. I'm just going to hide it. And maybe if somebody asks me, why aren't you busy cutting? Say, no, I don't know. I didn't have an axe. Nobody gave me an axe. And no, he didn't hide it. The longer you are hiding it, that axe head will get more damage and more damage in that river, and maybe floating off further the stream and generally be not recoverable. We need to be honest. There's a, there's a nice song about uh, Matthew West sings it, Truth Be Told. He says, when people ask you, uh, is everything okay? And you know, a lot of times we as Christians, we just try to seem good. No, everything is fine, but deep down, it's actually it's broken. And you need to be honest with that. That song says, when somebody asks him, Everything's still fine? He says, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing wrong. But I'm not. I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control. But it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure. There's no fault. There's no sin. He doesn't know. So let the truth be told. So tell him. He knows it. Tell him, Lord, I've messed up. 
My walk with you is not good anymore. He wants you to go to him. You see, he cares. We sing that song, does Jesus care? Yes, he cares. Even if it's maybe small for you. That guy maybe thought, he's just an accident. Everybody else maybe have four or five uh, with them. But for him, it was important. Now, maybe you as well, you, you think, oh, but uh, I'm not that important. My work of God in, in, compared to everybody else in this room is not that important. No, it is. Even if it seems small, God wants you to be close to him. You see, we need to go to God and tell him, Lord, we've lost our power. We don't have power anymore to keep on doing the things for you. You see, and there is hope. We know the Bible says, Ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. We have hope. He is the way maker, the miracle worker, the problem solver, light in the darkness. We know He considers all works of men. We know His eyes are upon all the ways of man. And we know He dwells with, with Him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. We know that. Your accent actually matters to Him. And God will put people in your path, just like if He put Elisha in, front, uh, in, in this guy's path. God will put the right persons in your life to help you. Obviously, He's the main focus. He can definitely, He's the only solution, but sometimes He's also using other people to help guide you, help getting that accent maybe fixed on again on the wood and carry on, showing you the right techniques, showing you when to rest a bit, how to sharpen the, the edge of that, that uh, accent. But you see, this guy was, he was sorrowful because he said that at the end of verse 5, for it was borrowed. Now, just a side note, we need to know how to use, how to borrow stuff, right? In, in, in a good sense. Give it back someday. Use, if you borrow something, make as if it's your own, right? That's just a good, uh, good practical note. But your life, and your gifts, your tools that you have, it's borrowed. It's not yours. God gave them to you for Him to cut down the wood, to do the right things. Now, just because you have a certain gift, some of you can very good in finances. Some of you are very good in public speaking. Some of you are very good to understanding stuff and, and give it uh, through to somebody else. Some of you, you know what your gift is. Now, just because you have that gift doesn't mean it's used in the right direction. It doesn't mean the work will be done for Christ. You still need God. Just to have an axe doesn't mean anything. You actually need to use it in the right, right way. But sometimes we are searching for new things. We are asking God, yeah, but I want this. And I, uh, if I can just be a better presenter, if I can just be uh, better at this or better at that. Now, here's the thing. God won't give you something new if you're not using the things He already gave you. I mean, why would He give you something new and say, okay, I saw you didn't use that other thing. Here's another thing. He already gave you something. Use that. And when He, when he can see you are faithful in that little things, He can then uh, add, add tools to, uh, to you. I mean, if, if somebody comes to me and say He wants to work in the garden and I say, okay, here's a, just a, a whatever tool, start working. He says, no, I want this or that. Something tells me, no, He doesn't actually want to work. You get the idea. Now, we work with borrowed power. Our power that we have is not our own. It's God's power, right? Now, he can, let me put it like this. This guy here knew it will basically be 
impossible to replace that exit. Maybe he knew, oh, that's why he cried. He knew he's poor, and I need to pay this now back, and I don't have the money. Maybe I need to work as a slave, this, this person now. So it is very important to him. And the thing is, yes, he, maybe he, can, he, he couldn't have, have paid back. The same with us. We can't pay for our salvation. We can't pay for a peaceful life with Christ. There's only one thing that can, have, that can work, and that is getting back to that wood. Which brings me to my third point. Axes are made to work, but it can get weary. Third point, axes need wood. To return to everything, they need wood. If we read there in verse 6, And the man of God said, Where fell it? You see, the first thing you need to do is asking the Holy Spirit to help you finding exactly that spot where everything went downhill. That, that question, where fell it? It sounds very familiar with Genesis 3 where God asked, where art thou? He knows the answer. He, he knew what happened, but he still wants you to confess it. He asks you, what happened? Show me where did it fell or where did it fall? And if we ask God to help us searching, he will actually guide us and show us exactly where, where everything went back downhill. He knows the answer, but we need to think a bit. I mean, there we are now. Just think a bit in the past year or past 10 years or whenever you got saved. Where did everything got downhill? I'm sure the Holy Spirit will show you exactly. Maybe some uh, specific moment, maybe a specific year or a specific situation in your life. Whatever the case may be, all of us have different backgrounds. But somewhere down the line, he can show you, this is here, it was this place where everything went a bit downhill. And we need to show, you need to show us that, where the exact problem is. If we read on, it says there, and he showed him the place. He showed him exactly, here's the, here's the place where the axe head fell. So like I've mentioned, it might be a certain place or maybe uh, a few places. Maybe you can think back and there's a lot of places where everything went downhill. And sometimes Jesus takes away the things from our lives so that we can depend on Him. We need to depend on Him. On him. He's the only one that can help us. We need to confess exactly what went wrong. Perhaps you got puffed up of your own worldly successes. Perhaps you've doubted in the past when you were faced with certain difficulties that um, He won't be able to help you. Perhaps you allowed your new interest. Maybe it's a new book or a series of books or games or hobbies, whatever the case may be. You allowed that to take away the secret time of your, you and, your, and God. Maybe your marriage needs some attention or your family situation. Maybe your attitude towards the church and the fellow believers. Maybe that is where everything went downhill. Maybe you're not witnessing anymore. Or maybe you're not living Christianity at your workplace. Whatever the case may be, you can fill in the blanks. But something needs to be done. But you see, God is ever asking us to come with all of our concerns to Him and say, God, I'm laying it on the altar. Please help me. I've, I, know I, I know I've messed up, and I know you are the only one that can help me. If we carry on, it says there, and He cut down a stick and caught it in thither. You see, God's solution might seem odd. I mean, there's 
iron in the, in the um, river. How do you get that? A magnet, right? That's the easiest, I would think. Take a magnet. A stick is the opposite. And so sometimes God will tell you exactly what to do. But we are looking at it and think, well, that's strange. That won't work. I, I know physics. That won't work. And, uh, and we, we, we put ourselves in, in God's situation. You see, God is not, uh, he created uh, everything. He's not limited to the laws of physics. So we think of it and think, no, that is strange. It can't, it can't be from God. But it might be. But the solution will always definitely cover the problem area. It's interesting for me every time, uh, I think it's with any sports like that, but after a sport, uh, when two teams played, oh, that, that uh, questions afterwards, it's so useless for me. Uh, it's the same, uh, they just say the, the same thing. Uh, why, uh, why did you lose? No, uh, we scored less points. And then, why did you win? No, we scored more points. And, uh, and they just talk and talk for half an hour or something, but it actually doesn't say anything. You see, with God, it's not, God won't solve our, our problems, oh, but this, uh, but try this, and he will, he will focus your attention on the, the problem where it is and actually help you to solve that problem. Now, you, maybe you, today you think your, um, your salvation is, impo- is impossible, but it is possible. We know God made that plan. You see, your heart is maybe sunk into the depths of this mud of this world, but just a splinter of the cross, that stick, is all you need to rise up again, to be, to float again, and then we'll see what to do next after that. It says here, and the iron did swim. God's solution always works. I've, I've never saw, of, I can't think of any, any time when God has his hand on, hand on the situation and it didn't go according to his plan and actually were better than it was. His solution do work. Is there any explanation? Some skeptics will say, yeah, but he, uh, Elisha threw the, the wood in such a way that it, go th- it went through the um, eye of that uh, axe head and it floated like that. No, I, I think it's in- impossible. The, the river was too, too rapid and too deep for, for that to happen. It's, it's just their way of uh, saying, no, it was not a miracle actually, but it was a miracle. You see, like I've mentioned earlier, the God of the nature is not bound to its laws. He, he is greater than that. So His grace can actually lift your iron heart, if I can say it like that, uh, to be at the, the surface again. And He wants us to reach out. We will see that in a moment. So bring the cross in the equation. Bring that stick into the equation. Bring that wood into the equation. And you can, you can, get, you can get that back. You can get your axe head back again. But you know, it didn't stop at the cross. We know... Jesus resurrected. So yes, the cross is very important, but He is resurrected. And we also, we need to be resurrected with Him. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were far from God. We were a lost, ruined sinner, if you can say it like that. Now the question might be, but who will go down in that depths of that water? Who will go and rise that, that person, that axe head up? And we know the answer is God. We know the answer is Jesus. That wood that went down. You see, Jesus, he says, if he said, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me, I will go down. I will go down in the depths of this Jordan River and raise that axe head again, that poor lost sinner. In his death, the sinner has died. 
But in his resurrection, the believer has risen again to the surface and there's hope. You see, the same is true for our situation today. We, like I've mentioned during this sermon, you know exactly where your walk with Christ is. Not everybody will be exactly the same. But if you think there's no hope, there's hope. Elisha performed the miracle. But he didn't, if we read verse 7. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. He let the miracle happen. But Elijah didn't take it out and say, here you go. You see, he did what he, he could have done. Same with God. He does what he can do. But it's up to you to actually take it. He, he, he didn't put it on himself. The guy needed to do that. There must be a personal application to your faith. Seeing, I see, I, 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 I did bring in the uh, cross into the equation, the wood. I see the situation has lifted up again, but you need to, do, to apply some action to it. You need to take it. Just to, see, just to see the axe head floating, what does that help? You need to take it. God did the part that he can do. You have to do the part that you, only you can do now. So he can, you cannot bring up anything like uh, peace and power out of the situation. It's only him. But once it's up, you need to get a grab of it. And we need to trust him. We trust people if we get into a bus or into an airplane. We trust that person, the pilot or the driver, bus driver. But we don't even know that person. But we trust them with our lives. Now what about God? He is the driver of your life. Just trust him. He knows exactly what to do. You see, every man who lost his spiritual axe, if I can say it like that, needs to get that power again. Needs to restore it again. Have you, perhaps, did what this person did? Take it up to thee, and he put out his hand, and he took it. So my question to you is, have you taken that? If you haven't, I really hope you do. We need to take our hands and pick it up. Another thing is, the exit needs to be open. You need to be open-minded. You need to, be, have, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to go through you. That wood can't penetrate the eye of the exit if it's closed. If it's full of filth of the mud in, inside of the, the river, it needs to be cleaned up, then you can go through. So you need to be open. You need to, be, to tell God, listen, God, I'm, I want to work again for you. I want my, this eye to be open for the wood to come through. You need to have that friction again. Bring that wood again in, that nail, and then that friction is there again. And it won't slip off again. So what, what does access need? Access need to work. But it can get weary. So you need wood to be raised again. But that's not the end. We need to take our hand and actually grab that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this past few minutes, Lord. I want to ask that you will please help us and um, chewing on, the, on it again. Lord, may we really get our lives back together with you. Some of us have lost that fellowship and we ask you to help us, Lord. Uh, we come to you, we say we, we know it's borrowed power. We know we've lost that power. And we want to ask you, pre please, Lord, we know we can run to the cross. We know you've died for our sins. We know through you everything is possible and we want to ask, please recover our exit. 
please can we get back to work again and do the things that you want us to do, Lord. Amen.